Welcome to the Kingdom Community Podcast. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on earth. Now, enjoy today's show. Hey everybody, Glenn Blakeney here. Welcome to Kingdom Community. I'm so glad that you have joined us. Man, we're going to have an amazing show tonight. Uh, my guest is Roma Waterman, all the way from Australia. Now, if you live in Australasia and uh, you are familiar with the Christian music scene, man, no doubt you've heard of my guest, Roma. Roma is an, she's an author, she's a teacher, she's a trainer, she's a musician, she's a worshiper. She is very gifted, very anointed, very passionate about the things of the Lord. Recently, just uh, in the past couple of weeks, Roma won an award from what is known in Australia as the Christian Media Arts of Australia, uh, the CM. AA. She won the Legacy Award. And guys, what I want you to do is watch this video that just kind of highlights her career and the legacy and the imprint she's left in uh, Christian media, as well as just impacting her culture. That's what I love about it is it's not just been in the Christian context. Uh, Roma's been involved in ministering and having an impact in her culture. And that's what we're called to do, right? Be the salt of the earth, be the light of the world, a city set on a hill. We're called to bring the light of Jesus Christ into the darkness. So let's just go ahead and watch this short video. For almost 30 years, Roma Waterman has been at the forefront of Australian Christian music. Her best-known tunes include More Than Ice Cream, I Was Carried, and Lifting Me Up. Roma has recorded nine best-selling albums. She's toured with DC Talk, The Newsboys, Jars of Play, Rebecca St. James, and David Meeks. David Meeks and his once-in-a-lifetime tour with special Australian guest Roma. In June 2010, Eternity magazine listed her as among Australia's finest Christian female singers. Numerous other Christian publications and websites have run features and cover stories on her. Every major Christian radio station and network, as well as the key syndicated radio programs, have featured her in extended interviews. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're talking to Roma Waterman. Mainstream media has also kept an eye on Roma, publishing features in Melbourne's Herald Sun and Suburban Press, being cited in The Australian, as well as interviewed on Melbourne's 3AW with Ernie Sigley. I've heard this girl on radio and I thought, hello, who's this? She's very, very, very good. You may not know that running in parallel to her career in Christian music, Roma has been a vocal coach and session singer for TV shows such as The X Factor and The Voice. She's written songs for Julie Anthony, Marina Pryor and numerous mainstream acts through her publishing contract with Warner Chapel. As a singer, she hit the Aria Singles Chart in 2005 as Roma W on Disco Stewie Harrison's hit, I Need You. The light-hearted dance tune hit number 21 nationally. I need you and I couldn't live a day without you. 
While there's no doubt that each of these achievements have brought success, a sense of pride, or made her family and friends proud of her, there's a real difference between her achievements and her legacy. Achievement helps us stand out, but legacy brings blessing and impact into other people's lives. Melbourne Gospel Choir. Freedom. In 1999, Roma founded the Melbourne Gospel Choir, an ensemble of professional musicians that have worked with Reba McIntyre, Westlife, Dame Edna, Guy Sebastian, Delta Goodrum, Jami Im, Anthony Kalia, and many others. Now overseen by Judd Field, the choir has helped further the careers of many of its members, including seven who are currently touring with Tones and I. Dan McCollum returns to Melbourne. The American worship leader, speaker and instrumentalist joins Roma Waterman and the Stairway Worship Team. In 2004, Roma established the Unite Worship Conference in Melbourne to help mentor and develop creative arts teams at four of the city's major churches. Thousands of people participated in the annual conferences that ran for five years. This expanded into the citywide Roar of Worship seminar and later, the Sounds of the Nations gathering. I can hear the footsteps of my father. Another part of Roma's legacy is the impact she's had mentoring singers, not just in Melbourne, but through the country and worldwide. Her handbook for working singers helps professional and amateur singers reach their potential. The book has become a number one bestseller internationally, along with others she's written. In the past five years, more than 30,000 people have participated in Roma's online school, the Heartsong Creative Academy, which provides courses on spirituality and creativity. Roma Waterman, a worthy recipient of the CMAA Legacy We honour you for your distinguished career and ministry that impacts and influences thousands of people each year in Australia and across the globe. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Wow. Roma has done so much. No wonder she won this award for the Legacy Award, the impact that she's made in Australasia. You know, she's written several books, releasing Heaven's Song, The God Artist, and the Handbook for uh, Working Singers. She's recorded seven albums. She said that her eighth album is soon to be released. She's a vocal coach. Uh, she's a session singer for The X Factor, The Voice. She's won several international songwriting awards. On and on, the accolades that she has achieved. And ultimately, though, Roma is a follower of Jesus and a worshiper. And so tonight, we are honored to have her join us as we talk about the importance of hearing the voice of God and also releasing the song of the Lord in this season. It's critical that we release the song of the Lord. So let's welcome to Kingdom Community all the way from Australia, Roma Waterman. Yay, Roma. Welcome. (laughs) So good to have you. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for having me, Glenn. Oh, wow. It's awesome. No, so good. And I've always wanted to connect with you and, uh, uh, I actually, you, I'm not sure if you know this, but I actually signed up for one of your courses on publishing a book. Oh, my so, goodness. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm in the process right now of getting a book published. So, Fantastic. so yeah. Oh, I'm honoured. Thank you. I'll keep well, an eye out for you now. You're welcome. And thank you for, you know, making so many uh, resources available. Um, very important, very significant. Now, Roma... 
you have been in music for a long time, for decades. Mm. I know you started when you were very young. We'll just That's put right, that I was five, disclaimer. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that disclaimer in. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, is it 20 years or 30 years? No, we won't go there. But the yeah. point <laughs> it's been it's been a while. So how did you get started in music? Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to try and keep my answers, not the Italian version, because I'll talk forever. But um, I've, I've, I'm Italian. I grew up in a, an Italian Roman Catholic family where music was played a very big part. So, you know, I've got photos. I still have a memory of when I was three years old, my uncle buying me this little plastic grand piano on Christmas Day and me just thinking it was the best present in the world. And, you know, my grandfather would play the piano accordion at all our family gatherings and I just grew up in song and in music and I, I I honestly can't remember a time where I didn't know that was what, what my destiny was going to be. I just knew that music was what I was born for and so um, I, I can't even tell you you know, when did you get started? I've just kind of fell into it, you know. I just, it, it's just a part of me. But I would say a very big part of my learning and growing was in church. I just wow. sang on the worship team. I played piano, you know. I mean, I, I'm old enough to say that uh, worship leaders were not female when I was younger. Wow. So I, I would sing with my, I don't know if you know who Sandy Patty is, but I had every mm. single one of her backing tracks. Right. And my goal was to sing as high as she could and to sing, <laughs> sing every one of her every one of her songs. And that that's really my introduction into um into music was church. El Todos Hablamos McDonald's deal. Porque cuando están decidiendo qué ordenar y la tía Carmen te dice... McNuggets, mijo. Y una de las hamburguesas con esa salsita. ¿Sabes? Ya tú sabes que eso significa una Big Mac. Y lo sabes porque tú también amas esa salsita. Hay un meal para cada cena familiar en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el app de McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular. Yeah. Yeah. So many people that, you know, that's the good thing that, that have uh, had their wings uh, literally spread, so to speak, in yeah. church. And, uh, you know, we thank God for that, especially for those who've stayed with the Lord. Um, but let's talk about the journey over the years. I mean, uh, one thing growing up and in a family that's very musical, but how did you step into it where you became, you know, involved professionally and songwriting and all the different things that you've done? Yeah. Um, well, I, when I was 17, I went into a studio to record a demo of two songs and I remember being so nervous. I thought I was going to be sick. I was so nervous. I'd never done anything like that. But, you know, in Melbourne, Australia, where I recorded it, there was this little network of Christian, a Christian industry, I guess is the way you would call it. And that one step of going into the studio, I mean, those people that played on that very first demo are still my very dear friends. They're still oh. in, in the music industry in some forms. And uh, that just kind of, it just flourished from there. And then uh, a few years after that, I, I took a leap of faith and recorded an album. And once I recorded that, um, Word Australia, who is a label here in the country, 
probably know of them, Glenn, but they signed the record and I went on uh, my very first tour with some American artists. And it, uh, after that, that was it. The, the next 15 years or so was predominantly touring. Um, you know, we didn't have the internet like we have it now you had to be on the road and uh, we almost ended up living in the states I signed a publishing deal with a a record label in Nashville and went over there several times but um, you know every time I put my foot on the ground I love Nashville I love America every time I would go there the Lord would go Roma this is not for you and it would be so frustrating because you know like most people that are watching, you have an idea in your head of when God says this is what I'm calling to you to. You you build castles in the sky. You build this idea of what it looks like. And so I had this call and then I imagined what that call would look like, but the Lord had different plans and, you know, the journey is is beautiful. It's not frustrating. It's beautiful. to, to The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so that's kind of how I started and, yeah, I still feel like I'm starting, to be honest. <laughs> and what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because I think I think I, I uh, know what you're saying there, but I'd, I'd love for you just to articulate that more. Yeah, what do I mean by just starting on yes. the journey? Yes. Well, you know, I I love that. I mean, my life has taken some very unexpected turns. When I started in music as a 17-year-old, I just thought I would tour and record albums and that's what I would do, you know. And then about seven years ago, um, I'd had my kids. I've got two young children and touring was hard. I, to be honest, I'm I'm a bit of an introvert when I'm at home. I, I'm not – I don't crave the platform. I don't crave the, the stage and so mm-hmm. – constantly being on a platform was draining for me um I had a bit of a breakdown in my 20s because of that because I didn't understand the balance of actually it's okay for me to not be like other people and so I got to about seven years ago and went lord I don't want to be on the road all the time and also I I know I have an international call on my life but the the local church you know I love the local church. I love my church. I love investing into the local body. And so I'm like, how do I do this? And and the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I sat down one day and said, Lord, what would you like me to do? And he went, have you thought about online courses? And I was telling you before the, the broadcast, I, my reply back to that was, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I don't know anything about creating an online course and the Lord was like okay gave you an idea I'll just leave you with that until you're ready to talk to me eventually it just started to ruminate within me and I got really excited no skills had no idea how to do it how to do it and you know by that point I was in my you know 45 years old at that time and it is like it's hard to learn new things at that age. So there were many days, because I had to learn all these new skills, there were many days where I thought, can I do this? But now, you know, seven years on, we've got over 30,000 students and 30 authors and it's, it's like a whole new branch. And so I feel like I've started again and I, I don't think I've ever had so much fun. It's wonderful to be able to do what I do, to write and to sing, but then to see other people, teach them how to do what I do, teach them how to step into hearing the voice of the Lord for their own destinies and plans has been incredibly rewarding and I feel like I'm reversing the clock in my own life as I do it. it it's truly, you know, I wonder if that scripture of your 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 
um, youth being renewed like the eagles, is this what this means? Is that when you fully step into what God's called you to, there's a constant rebirth, not yeah. just one rebirth, but you're constantly reinventing. And it's yeah. not like starting a whole new wheel. It's like a branch of a tree, you know what I mean? And you yeah. just you just have so much joy in fulfilling what God's called you to do. So, so that's probably what I mean. That was a long answer. No, that's good. And in fact, uh, in, I don't think it was long enough. So I'm going to ask you to just drill down a little deeper in it here. So you, you started this course, the Lord put it in your heart, inspired yeah. you. And I know what that's like. And it's very important that people that are listening to this broadcast or podcast, um, understand this because our call, our vision really at the Kingdom Community and Awake Nations is to connect and equip and see people released and sent out to fulfill their calling and destiny, their purpose, and see the Kingdom of God advance. And as you know, we were talking about earlier, um, we have a lot of people that would they're part of the body in the sense that they're a body part. And yes. they know their their giftings, but they're not connected. Yes. And so in this season, what you're doing is you're equipping and training other people. Let's talk about this course. You you said to me um, before we came on the air that you were just blown away by how many people responded to to this course. What was the course? And yeah, what, yeah. Tell us about it. How many people signed up? Well, there's, I mean, yeah, it is amazing. 30,000 students now, right? Yeah, yeah, 30,000 across the globe. But wow. um, there's a remnant doing probably what's my heart. So we've got standalone courses that people can buy from, you know, the first course I ever did was a vocal course how to sing and I really predominantly focused it towards people um, that had a faith because I can't separate that that's just me I have to talk about Jesus <laughs> and church and how to use your voice um, for the glory of God but it's a practical vocal technique course because that's my background yeah. and um then next thing you know, people were like, do you have any courses on songwriting? So I'm like, all right, I'll create a course on songwriting. And then it was, oh, we've seen you're creating these courses. Can you teach us how to create courses? And being an introvert, I'm like, I'm not having copies every day with people, showing them how to learn what took me two years. I'm just going to create an online course. So I created an online course on how to create online courses and then another one on how to write a book and it kind of went on and on and on until eventually, um, you know, uh, we've always had the mission side of the courses. So we have like a yearly mentoring school for people. It started off as uh, a mentoring school for people that uh, were into creativity, um, songwriters, artists, dancers. Mm -hmm. And then last year we took a pivot, pivot again. So it's, a, it's actually a lovely story. So my mum very unfortunately got cancer and she's fine now, but I had to take her every day to get radiation therapy in lockdown here in Melbourne. And um, it had started to open up again in Melbourne and the Lord said, every time you drop your mum off at the hospital, I want you to go around the corner to this local cafe and I'm going to talk to you about 2021. So I'd go and sit at this cafe with my notebook and pen and the Lord said, I want you to start a prophetic alliance. I want you to start Heart Song Prophetic Alliance. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> I did that thing again. 
but I got a whole download of four seasons in the prophetic wow. and how we can not just teach people to, it's not just about being a prophet. That's not what this school is about. It's about a remnant of people, not just learning how to speak, but how to hear, how to hear the voice of the Lord mm-hmm. and live with the spirit of prophecy. Like Revelation talks about the testimony of Jesus is what the spirit of prophecy. And my passion really is to see that in greater measure in the church, that we are living a prophetic lifestyle, that everything we do is capturing the heartbeat of heaven. And so we have a remnant of about 200 students that are doing that this year. And, oh, it's just been absolutely beautiful to be a part of that and see communities rising up like one of the things and I think Glenn this is on your heart too which is why I feel like we're drawn to each other's ministries is you know and I say this to my students you're not signing up to become a part of my thing you are joining a community where we can send you out you can you can take this and you can change your communities and your cultures. And I think more than ever we need that. You know, I often say to myself, yeah. what, what would the world look like if there was no internet? We couldn't ring our pastors on the phone. We right. couldn't communicate on a telephone. Right. What, how are we going to relate to the body? How are we going to relate to the Lord? The, this understanding of supernatural communication I think is vital in these days. And and so that's really that's really what I'm loving right now is teaching that. Wow, that's powerful. Now, hearing the voice of God obviously is is important. You know, the very word prophetic, I love it as someone who loves to study the word, you know, it literally the first time that that word was used in in Greek prior to it being used in the context of of ministry in the New Testament, it was used for those who would um, would interpret for a God. And yeah, uh, so in the Greek culture, so they would hear and they would interpret. Now, obviously, we're not advocating that, um, but we're saying that the prophetic, first of all, is being able to discern the will of God, know what he's saying, what he's communicating. But then there's a place where we need to we need to speak that forth. And I know for you, it's not just speaking, but it's even singing. Yes. What What is that? Uh, I mean, that's a, obviously a passion, uh, maybe yeah. your biggest passion, but Absolutely. tell us about that. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I love to sing the song of the Lord. I think of Miriam, you know, when they when Moses parted the Red Sea and what's the first story that's recorded? It's Miriam singing a spontaneous song. I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. And, you know, we see right throughout Scripture that the song, the, the song of the Lord has made a way. And, you know, that I've always done that. I've always loved to just sing spontaneously in fact if we study how the psalms were became the psalms they weren't well crafted uh lyrics and music they were spontaneous songs um i I remember reading uh some history of scribes that would follow king david now i don't know if this is true or not but they would follow king david and just because of the spontaneous song so that they could record what he had and that that's how the psalms came to be and if the new song if the song of the Lord is so important, 
we need to understand what why. And so I, a couple of years ago, went, okay, I do this naturally, I do it inherently, but next thing you know, people were going, how do you do it? Can you teach us? And so I had to go, on a, go backwards and go, well, why do I do what I do? And when I actually started to study it, I was completely overwhelmed. So that scripture, um, I wrote it down actually, Psalm 96 verse 1 that says, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. If you look up the word new, um, it's a Hebrew word, which is P-L, P-I-E-L. And it means firstly, obviously it means the new song. But what's really interesting about this word is that it also means, what is it? What is the new song? It is a song that brings restoration and repair. And mm. if you look at the root word of PL, it's chadash, C-H-A-D-A-S-H. And this is where it my, my mind goes, is it was actually a word that was predominantly used when you were describing the restoration of cities and towns. Wow. Wow. So if you just let that sink in for a minute, yeah. the new song is a sound that brings restoration to our nation, restoration to our city, restoration to our family. And I think we've always imagined that the new song meant to worship God, which of course it does. Right. It absolutely does. But the Lord's smart. There's a spiritual principle in this idea of singing a new song that brings restoration and repair. So when I think about, I don't know if this is happening in the States, but in Australia, in many of our states, we're being told either you can't have church right now because of right. the pandemic, because that's when we're recording this, but um, or some people are being told you can't sing. Something in me, an alarm bell goes up. I go, hang on a minute. The reason why this is important is because this, the, it's the song that's going to bring restoration. So we don't uh, we don't have to be in a church service to do that. We also don't have to be a singer to do it. This scripture doesn't say sing to the Lord a new song only if you can sing. It, it's actually a command. It's not a suggestion. And right. the reason why it's a command is because it does bring restoration and repair. And, you know, the new song isn't just a spontaneous song. It, right. It's a song that is for the moment. It is a prophetic song. It is a song that it could be amazing grace, but in the right setting and in the right moment, in the right time, that song can bring so much healing. And so now I'm on this mission with creatives and worshippers, especially worshippers who, um, and maybe you're watching this, and you're involved, you're on a staff, you're on staff, you're recording services online. I want to encourage you not to wait until everything goes back to normal. Don't think about it like that. Take this leap into the opportunity of what things look like now and keep singing out this song because that is what is going to heal our nation, is the song of the Lord. It's part of the equation is what I believe. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, yes, because the word of the Lord, you know, Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words I say or speak, they're spirit and life. And, you know, when you release that, the, the song of the Lord, and we see examples of it yes. in the scripture, of course, yeah, yes. it brings healing so powerful. And I know you've been doing that, you know, in Australia, and you've been released, you've released some songs and um, that's that's powerful. Now, what what happens in the spirit realm when we do this? 
Yeah, I love that you've asked that because I, I pulled up this scripture to share with you because the question we probably should ask is why is the enemy so after songs? Why um, is he trying to steal our song? And have we hung up our song? Are there people right. here, have you lost your joy? Have you lost your song? I have a look at this. Psalm 149 actually shows the power of a song. So it starts off by saying, as you would know, praise the Lord. That's how it starts. Sing to the Lord a new song. That word praise is halal, H-A-L-A-L. Basically, it just means totally freak out for God. That's my version. It's like it's the most expressive and extravagant form of praise to sing that song like you are. It's just like you've won the lottery, right? But if you continue to read the rest of the scripture, right, it it starts off the first half of Psalm 149 is it is how you would imagine a new song is to be sung. Let them praise. Let them rejoice in their maker. Let the Lord take pleasure in his people. Let the saints be joyful. But then we get to verse 7. And the whole cha- the whole frame, the whole feeling of the psalm changes. It goes to this, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment <laughs> on the peoples. And you're like, oh, okay, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written ju- ju- judgment. This honour has all the saints. What does this mean? Okay, so it starts off happy. And then all of a sudden it goes to vengeance, the song of the Lord. You're like, hang on a minute, why? Well, this is what I think. I think we're seeing two sides to the power of your song. The first side mm-hmm. is the power of rejoicing and delight. Mm. And that's where we mainly go when we think of singing a new song. But what's the other side? It's your song has the power to transform cities and overtake armies. Your song can find wow kings with chains your song can actually um facilitate changes in government i actually believe that and then the other thing that it makes me think i actually really believe this is important in this hour is that our song of praise on our lips is not just about us right this is about the people this is about God's people. This is revealing to us that our joy and our delight can affect governments. It can affect powers on the earth. It's a double-edged sword. It can bind kings. It can it can facilitate the promises of God on the earth. And, you know, if we go to another scripture, Psalm 137, I'm getting excited. I hope I'm not talking too much. No, no, Roma, please. This is um, you know, this is in Psalm 137, we see the story about how the when the Israelites were captured and how their song is influenced, to, uh, connected to their land. They actually understood that the song was connected to the, to the land. If we read it, you'll know this. Most of the people will know this scripture. Besides the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our lives, hanging them on the branches of the willow trees. For there our captors demanded a song of us. Our tormentors requested a joyful hymn. They said, sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. And in verse 4, what do they say? But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while we're in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill upon the harp. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you and if I don't make Jerusalem my highest joy. The Israelites 
are revealing here that they understood that their song was connected to their city. So much so that they were saying, if I forget my responsibility to my nation, yeah. take away my talent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so they understood that the song had power over regions. And, and I really believe yeah. that we are having a modern day hanging up our song at mm. the moment. So what do you mean by that? I have countless messages from people going, I'm so discouraged. What is happening right now? I'm so frightened. I'm scared to take a needle or I'm scared that people won't take a needle. I'm scared that um, we're never going to meet like we did before. We are, we are so enraptured by fear uh -huh. that we've stopped singing. Yeah. Or maybe at the very least we've become discouraged because things have happened in our lives and we've stopped releasing the joy. Now, I don't even mean that has to be musical, just living with a song in your heart. And I often wonder if sometimes all this other stuff that concerns us is a distraction. Right. And that actually if we just focused on releasing a song from our lips, of worship to the king and we also understood that it wasn't about us in some way we're pulling the song back down we're yeah. going i'm not leaving this over here i'm not hanging it up i'm not leaving my right. dream to die but i'm actually coming back to the place and to the very thing that i was born for which is to release joy and worship through my lips yeah. to worship the king. So that's what I mean. And I, I feel like we are in a season more than ever. Like I, I feel like the Lord says to me all the time, Roma, don't be distracted. Don't mm -hmm. be distracted by uh, the media. Don't be distracted by what other people are doing. Just keep your eyes on me yeah. and sing your song. Mm -hmm. Sing the yeah. song of the Lord. Just be yourself, you know. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I'm... Honestly, I don't think I'm anyone special. There's lot, uh, there's lots of singers that are better than me. There are lots of people that can do the tech for what we have to do a lot better than me. But in the end, I just went, I am going to live in the joyful song of the Lord and just enjoy his presence. Yeah. And it's amazing, you know, I call, I'm calling the secret place at the moment the good news media room because whenever you go in there, you can't be discouraged you you don't feel the weight of the world you're actually excited because you know that God is at work and so I feel like we need to get back to that I see an image in my mind of people sitting underneath this tree and their song is just sitting in the tree and I'm like mm -hmm. it's time to stand up and pick it up and put it back in your mouth right yeah wow that's powerful you know I was thinking Earlier on in, in the pandemic, you know, um, some nations in particular, and as you said, Australia is still in parts, at least lockdowns, no gatherings. There's been times when people, even when there's been um, permission to gather, it's been very limited, very restricted with no singing permitted. And, you know, Canada has done that, other nations as well. And, I, I was praying into this and really thinking about this. And, you know, first of all, in the Psalms, the very last Psalm, you referred to 149. This is 150. Let everything that has breath praise yeah. the Lord. So the breath of God, the spirit of God in us is the breath, the breath of life. Yes. And we were created to worship him in Psalm 50, verse 5. The Lord says, gather my saints together. 
together to me, those who've made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Mm. So there's this calling to gather, but to sacrifice. You know, Hebrews talks about the fruit of our lips, giving thanks, the sacrifice of praise and so on. But one of the things that I believe we need to, in even though it's so important, and I believe the enemy is wanting to, to disrupt our fellowship, our communion, our coming together to worship God, that's so important. As much as I am a reformer and, and you know, I certainly do not advocate that the, the weekend gathering is, is it, you know, that's it. That's yes. the, the primary thing we're called to do. No, no. There's so much more in the kingdom than just that. But we still need that gathering. We yes. still need the one anothering. So yes. one of the things that I perceive and, and what I've just kind of observed is happening is that, you know, when the beginning you're on Zoom, you're by yourself or maybe a couple or family and you've got someone, a worship video or pre-recorded or even if it's live and then you're trying to sing on Zoom. And you know what that sounds like <laughs> when everybody's microphones turn yes. on. It's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> but, but then so you turn the microphone off and you're singing by yourself to to this. And it's just like not quite the same. And but then I realized I remember the time, especially when I was first saved, first following the Lord, how I would bring out my acoustic guitar and I would just sing and worship the Lord by myself. Mm. And, you know, just yes. do that as unto yeah. the Lord. And I feel that one of the things that this pandemic has, you know, ultimately it's the enemy. I totally get that. But yeah. I feel it's exposed some areas in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of them is that we're not self-feeders, that we've not really been intimate with God in that personal yes. level, many of us. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, just go ahead and share on that if you would. I 100% I agree. When we went into our first lockdown, so in Melbourne, we're in one of the most lockdown cities in the world, I believe. Right. And so the first lockdown, just as we went in, the Lord said to me, um, Roma, I'm bringing a reset renaissance to the church. Wow. And I was like, what does that mean, Lord? And I thought I, he took me back to the history of the Renaissance, which interestingly starts in Italy, which is where we saw the major um, outbreak of COVID. Mm-hmm. And what, but what the, what um, the Spanish flu did or that, that mm-hmm. pandemic did is actually what catapulted the Renaissance mm-hmm. because what happened was um, the age of reason came in. People started right. to think themselves they didn't start to just believe whatever the church said mm-hmm. now that might sound like i'm contrary to the church but that's not what i mean right. what sure. we're doing is we're having people talk to god for themselves did god really say that is that really in the bible how come we are not doing this how how did we lose this connection with the father and so i feel like the reset reset renaissance to me means we are coming back to a rebirth of um the source of all creativity vision which is relationship with the father for ourselves not just going to church on a sunday 
sitting in the shoes, looking at words on a screen that we're singing but not really connected. We've done that a lot of times. I've done that a lot of times. So it's not an attack. It's we we were lulled. We were being lulled into routine. And so um, even though it's horrible what's happening and I I know people who have been very sick, um, I know people who have had their whole lives um, ravaged by this virus, right. the thing that I am excited about is I feel like we're waking up to going back to the heart of worship, as Matt Redmond says, going back to that personal relationship with the Father. And it's uncomfortable and I miss the gatherings of the body. Nothing's going to replace that. There's nothing I can say that is going to make that any better. I miss my church community. But the thing that I am loving is I don't think I've ever felt so close to the Lord and I, I don't think I've ever read my Bible. I mean... You know, I've been reading Revelation, the book of Revelation, in a whole different light. And, in fact, it's bringing me joy. Now, I couldn't have said that two years ago when I read it. The first time I ever read the book, I was just like, I'm depressed. You know? <laughs> but in light of adversity, as I read it, I realise it's a handbook for living. It's actually, you know, I was thinking about this when I was praying about coming on. The Lord, the words the Lord actually said to me is, Roma, we need to get back to a theology of joy. Uh, and that when we, every book in the Bible, even the apocalyptic books, Daniel, Book of Revelation, they're full of joy. Why? Hmm. Because when Jesus did, when he said it is finished on the cross, what does that mean? There was a finished work in the cross. What does that mean? It means he did everything he needed to do for us to abide with him and live uh, live in joy and peace and hope. Does that mean we won't have adversity? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But what it means is his work was finished. So this mentality of waiting for him to come back again to fix it all is probably not Right, because then right. that would make the finished work of the cross not finished. Right. So this is a hope that we have in the future that he is coming, but in the meantime we have this amazing handbook that reminds us that the sons and the daughters of God are being revealed in every season in time yeah. and that his finished work of the cross meant that we were wounded for his transgressions, we were bruised, he was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions and by his stripes we are healed. So I've had this complete turnaround just by being in lockdown and experiencing his joy again. So it's it's been fun. But you ha- sometimes you have to turn off the news to have that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is. It's what are you listening to really, right? It's so important because, I mean, it's not just a case of, of our mind being polluted ultimately it's the source of life you know yes. that they are what are we taking in um now you you said you are in a place of greater intimacy with the lord than perhaps ever before now there are some people many people even who are watching who are listening to this podcast that is not the case for them yes during this time uh and you know we understand the different personalities you're an introvert the extroverts they your batters get charged being around people i understand that but yes. ultimately nothing replaces 
our personal relationship with the Lord. Yes. And the truth of the gospel is that Jesus said in John 17, verse 3, he was praying to his father and he said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ yes. whom you've sent. They may ginosko you in Greek, which means know intimately, experientially, personally. Beautiful. Now, some people have not been intentional in drawing close to God. Yes. James tells us, right? If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Mm. But the truth is, and I don't know any other way to say it, but just to be frank, um, we are, and I know it can sound cliche, but we are as close to God as we want to be. And there are distractions, there are hindrances, mm. there are obstacles and you know, yeah. even the enemy resists our intimacy and our worship. But ultimately, God has given us the grace to overcome and to draw near to him. I would just like you to just speak into that. Yes. People are listening. They feel maybe further away from the Lord yes. than they were. You know, what would you say to them? Yes, I mean, um, I totally understand it. You know, that I've had seasons in my life when that's happened to me as well. And I think one of the first things is to just get rid of that shame. You know, shame is from the enemy. If we're feeling bad because we're not connected as like we feel we should be or, you know, I've had people say I'm not good enough or I'm not like you, Roma, why would God want to spend time with me? They're lies from the enemy to understand that he created you in his image and that he loves you, loves you more than you could ever comprehend and to just take away that shame, just go, shame is not in my toolbox and remove that. And then I find... Um, you know, like I've actually, I feel like I've done full circle a little bit. I'm at, I'm at college again, studying a graduate certificate of um, teaching Christian meditation and prayer. So I've gone back to my roots, my Catholic roots, because nobody was teaching this in the Pentecostal colleges. So I love my Roman Catholic brothers and sisters and their contemplative practices and um, their practices that were used in the first 16 centuries of the Western church. You know, we've got hundreds of years of this rich history of contemplative practices that we can use that have got their frameworks. If you're not sure where to start, the contemplative practices are powerful. So what do I mean by that? Well, yes. learning to read the gospel, read the scriptures in a way where um, you're eating the word rather than like it's not McDonald's. You're not putting everything in your mouth all at once trying to fill your tummy up, but you're actually slowly digesting the words. So one way we do that, I don't know if you've heard of the contemplative practice of Lexio Divina, which is basically sacred reading is what it means. It's where you um, take one or two verses and, you know, the first stage of Lectio is you just read. Then the second one is you start to go, well, what words just stand out to me? It might be, for example, if I was reading um, my peace, I leave you, I give you my peace, not as the world gives, but as I give, what stands out? I leave you, my peace I give you, is it give? And you just spend time just reflecting on one or two scriptures and then allowing the Lord to speak back to you. I think that's one thing we don't often do. So we sit with one, one verse 
not a whole chapter even, right. and just go, what does this mean to me? What words are standing out to me? And then, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Right. And letting him speak. And then just praying, being honest with the Father. You know, he can handle our honesty. If we say, Lord, I don't feel connected to you right now, show me how I can be connected to you. Or, Lord, there's sins in my past. Or, I'm I'm afraid, God. What can I do? Show me how I cannot be afraid. He can handle our honesty. It's okay for us not to be okay is, I think, a real revelation that I've had. And then just letting the Lord walk with us through our pain and our confusion rather than coming to him when everything's fine. So um, there's some of the things that I'm doing to keep my heart whole and it's it works for me. Um, Yeah. I don't know. What do you do, Glenn? (laughs) Well, I I just wanted to say based on what you're saying about the, the scriptures, obviously talk about meditation In Psalm 119, David uh, speaks about that, or the writer speaks about that. Uh, Psalm 119 is so powerful. If you were to, as you said, just really contemplate and reflect on the verses there, um, and it would take take you a long time to go through that chapter, but it would be worth it. Yes. Um, So for me, that's something that I do. Yes. And I've done for years. I read the scripture. Get 30% shorter average wait time. When you buy and book your appointment at DiscountTire.com, you can get 30% shorter average wait time in the store. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. And I just go, okay. In fact, I've been reading the same books, short books, especially mm-hmm. you know, wow. over and over and over again. And just recently, over the past year, I would say I've read the book of Acts so many times. Wow. But the the whole concept of meditation in the scripture, meditating on the word of God, and that's obviously the difference. Yes. What it means in both the Hebrew and even in the New Testament, um, the idea is to kind of one of the words in Hebrew has the idea of like a cow chewing its cud and just you know, just churning and, and over and over and over again. And and then the other thing I believe, which is so important, and, and obviously we were, you were talking about this earlier, is in the New Testament when it talks about really the concept of taking God's word and, you know, the psalmist said we hide it in our hearts, but taking the word of God and we actually receive that word, but then we speak it. Yes. You know, like for example, here's, here's something I did a series on this uh, a couple of years ago when it says in Titus chapter two, verse 11 and 12, it says the grace of God that um, brings salvation has appeared to all men. And it teaches us to deny ungodliness, worldly loss, to live uprightly in this present world and so on. That word deny comes from the Greek word, which rhema, right? Which is the idea of the spoken word. So the idea is when we deny ungodliness and worldly loss, we have to speak. Wow. So... So, you know, some psychologists refer to layering and how we you know, replace uh, the bad with the thoughts, with the good thoughts and so on. We, we have these patterns and I get all that. Um, 
and neurology confirms that, even these thinking patterns and so on. But ultimately, there's this place where meditating is. I'm thinking, what does the word say? So, so uh, very practically, we're going through something. We're very tempted to get stressed out and you know say the wrong things, lose control. But what if we stop, we pause, and we just think on what does the word of the Lord? As you said, the testimony of Jesus. What is the testimony of Jesus? I love the story of Lazarus. You know, the testimony of Jesus was he's not dead. He's only sleeping. So good. And so we receive that testimony, but then we have to speak it. And that's yes. denying it. Wow. Until we speak it, we're not denying it. Yes. Uh, and as you said, when we release the word of the Lord, oh, my, it impacts not just us. but Yes. The enemy hates it. He fled when Jesus yeah. released the word of the Lord. He had to flee, right? Yeah. 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 And I think in this season, you know, one of the good things that's come out is I think we're recognising that. We've come alive again to kingdom thinking and the power mm. of the testimony of Jesus, the power, you know, in Revelation when it says the testimony of Jesus is what the spirit of prophecy. It's like what is the spirit of prophecy? Well, I think of this is what I say to my students. I go, what is the testimony of Jesus? It's the spirit of prophecy. What is the spirit of prophecy? It's the testimony of Jesus. And so there is this intertwining of knowing and having a story of your own personal experience with Jesus mm. that helps you to understand and make sense of the world mm. when it's not making sense. Wow. It's as simple as that, you know, and that's why we can have peace and hope. Does not mean that things are not a mess sometimes? Oh, my goodness. Like I think of Moses leading. I, I wonder how he felt when he got to the to the Red Sea. I wonder how he felt when the Lord said, go and tell, let, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I'm sure he wasn't excited. I mean, it says, Lord, why don't you send someone else is what he said, you know. Right. we all and But we should be encouraged by that. You know, one of the greatest generals of God's earthly armies was Gideon. The first time he was called, he was hiding behind a wine press. We're no different. And if you're feeling, if think if people are watching this feeling like they don't have what it takes, that they need to know that's the perfect prerequisite for being used by the Father. And all we really need is just to trust him and then to live in the understanding of, like you said, like receive and speak is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know for you, you went through a season where um, you had a, a health crisis. Yeah. And tell, tell us about that and how you, how you navigated through that trying time. Yeah. Um, so I was on tour and I wasn't feeling very well. I was having trouble with my voice and um, I, because I, my body wasn't, coping with the rigors of travel and touring I actually started to uh, experience very severe anxiety and so I was having panic attacks on a platform in front of thousands of people while I was singing which wasn't a very good combination Um, and in the end uh, it all culminated in a concert in Adelaide and I was singing on stage and I kind of blacked out like I don't remember I don't remember about a minute and I, I Apparently I walked off stage and I basically collapsed 
and I flew home and I had a whole bunch of tests and they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia and endometriosis. And at the time, the doctor just said, look, you'll never be able to sing again. You won't even be able to go to your letterbox and get your mail without being exhausted. So you're going to have to stop everything you're doing. And then another doctor, I had some surgery, some exploratory surgery, and the doctor just said, look, there's a possibility that you'll probably never have children. And Mm. so it was a really difficult time. I was angry because I'd grown up in a church where signs and wonders were normal. I knew people that had been healed. We even had someone in our church that had been raised from the dead. I mean, it was an amazing place to grow up. And here I am living the opposite of what the Bible tells me. I'm sure people can relate to this. And so in that season, um, it was probably about three years of uh, living in my pajamas and being frustrated and angry and full of fear if is the honest truth and uh, I actually had an amazing encounter with the Lord he he's, he was so kind and um, in that encounter I had an open vision it's I've only ever had two open visions in my life but uh, it was very dramatic for me experiencing the father but in this vision I saw a battle going on for my life and the Lord stopping it and from that day from that moment forward I started to get better little by little by little and after about eight months uh, the fibromyalgia was completely gone the endometriosis took a little longer took years but I'm completely healed of both those symptoms now I have two beautiful children who you know um, the doctors told me uh, my last child in particular there's a seven-year gap between my kids but he said look with fertility treatment you'll have a one percent chance of falling Mm -hmm. pregnant and I remember the Lord saying as I was in the doctor's office he interrupted the conversation he said well that's good that gives me 99 (laughs) percent and so I have two beautiful children my son is actually uh his name is Asa and uh ASA which is a name from the bible but um we didn't know till after we called him that that it means God the physician and that was just the name the Lord had put on our hearts. So uh, he was so kind. I, and I think, you know, it was hard. Like uh, physical sickness is that's debilitating yeah. and is, is uh, long-term. That's a very hard thing to live through. I have a lot of compassion for people that go through that. But I just want to encourage you, if that's you today, that the word of the Lord is true. And he wants to heal you. I don't understand why some people don't get healed. I also don't understand why some people don't. uh, It takes a long time. But the one thing that I do know is the scripture is true. And if his word says, I am the Lord that heals you, then I believe it. And and learning to not uh, believe the word of God based on just experience, but also what his scriptures have left us, this sacred, beautiful book that is full of kingdom knowledge, supernatural knowledge, more than we could ever comprehend. And so I feel grateful. The God, I feel like I got a second chance, you know. So I'm so thankful to the Lord. That's powerful. Well, praise God for that healing. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, anyone who's watching, listening to this broadcast, um, please be encouraged. You know, what you're going through isn't the end. Yes. And and God is able. Just keep trusting, keep believing. um, Because God, so many miracles uh, are happening and we need to just keep uh, our uh, having hope, you know, especially in the midst right now here in the United States. 
Um, I personally know over the past three, four weeks, several people that have died, you know, over uh, either directly COVID or just because of comorbidities. And then, you know, COVID was kind of the, the final, the final thing that just pushed them over. And, uh, and it's a terrible time and, and people are really struggling every day. Almost I'm hearing more and more and we need to see the power of God manifested again. But I believe what you've shared with us, Roma, about that place, that secret place, intimacy, worship, you know, the very word worship in, in English derived from the Anglo-Saxon is yes. that war Skype. We, we see him for being who he is. He's greater. He's powerful. And uh, we put our eyes on him. So it's a powerful, powerful thing. Now, in closing, I just want to ask you, this is kind of the million-dollar question. I ask all of my guests this question in, in one form or another. Where is the church headed? If we're going to really follow Holy Spirit, mm. and where he's going, what the Lord is saying, where are we headed? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm, I mean, I know we know in part and see in part, so I... I know I don't have all the answers, but I, I do keep hearing the word remnant. I do think that there is a remnant rising. Um, what do I think that means? I do think that well, there's a big shaking up going on in the church, yeah. um, but I think it's going to be for good. But it, it may mean a lot of change needs to take place. Does that mean what was happening was bad? Not at all. But... It's just about new wineskins, isn't it? We have to understand the times and the seasons and, and pivot. Um, and if we don't, we'll keep doing church the same way and think it's okay because we've always done it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do think that there will be a remnant of crazy, fiery lovers of Jesus that won't be afraid and I, I to, to decree the works of the Lord. And I think that's going to happen in every sphere. I think that um, there's people that are going to rise up in government. I think people are going to have a revelation that to be to be uh, impactful in the kingdom doesn't just mean being church ministry or yeah. being on staff at a church, right. but that people will truly understand a calling to their sphere. And I see people in government rising up, and we need that. But yeah. the word remnant to me is what, has I keep hearing echoed in my spirit at the moment. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. The remnant is uh, the original. What is of the original has been preserved, you know, and when we go back to the original mission and mandate of Jesus and the apostles, yeah, that's where we need to, to go again. Um, I think when we talk about, where we're at in this season, it is a season of reformation and there's been a lot of emphasis on revival and we, we need revival. We need the power of the Holy spirit, but there needs to be um, a reforming. And one of the questions, you know, I've heard, I've heard the statements, well, you know, the church is going to be hybrid. We're going to be online and we're going to be in person. And, and I understand that, 
that's true. But to me, when I hear that type of response, I think it still misses the mark because we're still advocating that it's all about the gathering yeah. where people are being, you know, oh, well, I'm watching such and such preach and I'm participating in this. The shift that needs to take place, and it's a massive paradigm shift. It's not mm. just, a, you know, a little uh, kind of change of a few minor things, but this is smashing the paradigm and completely yes. building something that is, yes, we gather, yes, we come together, but ultimately it's about, it's not about, well, I want to go there because they've got this and they've got that. You know, I was talking with someone today and um, that someone we're in relationship with, and she's a great leader and she's um, in a country that was basically has been shut down for, over 18 months and so they're just starting to gather again very slowly and you know people are coming around and they're she's saying well why can't we'll just meet in a home we'll just do this and the people are oh we don't want to meet in a home that's not real church we need a building wow. Wow. <laughs> and i'm like oh no when we hear that you know buildings are optional the early church didn't have yes. church buildings until the you know the fourth century so yeah. Ultimately, they met in homes. Some of those homes may, I, I read a report, it was like an archaeological discovery. They found a home and they said in, in the Roman Greco world, they had knocked out a few walls. And so they might have been able to squeeze in 70 people. And that was a considered a mega church back in yeah. you know, the first century. Uh, you know, so the the point is we need to come together but the, there's still so much more we need to begin to equip we need to teach people yes. how to become like Jesus mentor them how to walk with Jesus hear his voice commune with him yes. and then know who they are and begin to live out of that place of intimacy and identity yes. and Amen. then go out in the power of the holy spirit being baptized filled with the spirit anointed and go yes. out into every segment of society, no matter what God has called us to. Yeah. And I, I just want to, I just want to ask you, I know you are so committed to equipping and training people. And I applaud you, Roma, because that's, that's Lynn and me, that's our heart. And, and so good to hear that. Tell people how they can, uh, connect with you in terms of training and equipping, you know, I'm going to put your website up, which is just romawaterman.com. I say that audibly for those listening to the podcast, romawaterman.com. But what are some of the ways they can be equipped and trained through through your ministry? Thank you. Yeah, well, we have, um, if they go to romawaterman.com, there's a little tab there that can take them to our online training school. And there's standalone courses that people can purchase on all different topics. But then once a year we take it, uh, we have an intake in January for the Heartsong Prophetic Alliance, which, which is a 12-month training school. And the reason why we only do it once a year, I mean, it's probably a really bad marketing idea, but <laughs> I don't care about that. I really want to walk with people. I want a year. I'm like, give me a year. 
and I'll it, you'll remember it for the rest of your life. That's how I feel. And so that's the remnant for me is that that every January we just have a sign-up of people that really just want to go deep and we do things, um, we do training around the anointing, speaking in tongues, uh, not just how to prophesy but what is prophecy, what are correct prophetic f- uh, protocols, um, how do we live a prophetic life, how do we hear from the Lord and um, and then there's lots of other other little side courses you can do on worship, prophetic prophetic worship, and then there's some books that you can get off that website as well, some resources as well around that. We've got a book, uh, this one here. This is called um, Releasing Heaven's Song, which is uh, all about prophetic worship. It's a manual for how to do that yeah. with applications and things like that. Uh, so. Yeah, I've heard that's an awesome book. Some people that told me I haven't read it yet, but. Oh, that's kind. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Wow, thank you. Well, that's great. So, yeah, we want to encourage everyone to do that, to connect with you that way and uh, to avail themselves of the resources that you've developed. Um, That's amazing. Any, you're welcome. Any closing thoughts, something you just want to share in closing? I just... I just want people, I, you know, I think the Lord was really highlighting to me, again, theology of joy. He's mm. bringing us into a theology of joy that even yeah. in uh, what might feel like the end times or darkness, whether that's across the earth or in your personal situation, that Jesus is all about joy and mm. that he just wants to pour his life and his joy into you so that amidst difficulty you can't even explain it but your heart just would be so full of him that you would have a a spring in your step again I just want to break off anybody that's had a spirit of suicide or depression in the name of Jesus I just declare over you hope and life for those of you who are struggling financially in the name of Jesus I just declare over you an abundance from the storehouses of heaven so that you would have everything you need in Jesus name amen wow awesome thank you yeah and that was powerful that was prophetic i felt the uh you know the authority behind that that's powerful yeah everyone just receive that guys come into agreement with that word uh that roma just released over your life i'm telling you when the real prophetic is released you know roma there was a time and, and i'm saying this speaking to you but you know this so it's for every one of us to hear you know, we have friends, they um, are originally from another nation and they moved to Australia when we were living there and um, they were struggling. They couldn't get their residency and they, they were, what are we going to do? Are we going to be able to stay in Australia? Are we going to have to go back to the country they left? And it was tough for over two years. Very, very difficult. And we knew them and we loved them. And, you know, we just didn't have any sense of, well, what's going on? But we kept praying and they prayed. They were so diligent to pray. But one day we were actually gathered together, worshiping at the church we were pastoring at the time. And the Lord just spoke to me. He said, tell them the dry season is over. The end has come. They're going to put down roots. They're no longer going to wander. And uh, he's going to prosper them. He's going to establish them and build them. And they're going to flourish. So I released that word publicly. Within, um, I think it was the following Sunday, they came and we asked them how things were and any change. And they said, no, nothing has changed. 
And uh, in fact, I think it may have gotten worse. Um, the following weekend, they came and they were so excited. Everything had changed. He couldn't find a job. They, they were struggling and everything changed. He got an incredible job. That was exactly what he was called to do. You know, when I first met them, I walked into this house. It's a long story. But I walked in the house and I saw the man and the Lord showed me. I, he, he, he said he was painting. Now, he didn't have paint on him. He had actually come home and he had changed his clothing already. So I couldn't tell by saying why well, he had paint on his clothing, just in case somebody's thinking that. And But the Lord, I said to him, you know, I see you painting like you're painting. But the Lord's telling me that what he, you're um, qualified to do and what you're passionate to do, you're going to do both. And so over two years later, after that prophetic word was released, didn't happen. But then when the word came and it was released, finally, you know, within two weeks, he stepped into what he was passionate to do and what he was qualified to do as an engineer. Wow. And, and it happened. And the point I'm, the reason why I'm sharing this to so everyone is listening is when the word, the real prophetic word of God is released. And he says, you know, I love Psalm 102, the set time has come, right? Mm. And, and what Roma has shared everyone on this broadcast is about hearing him for yourself. What is he saying? And then beginning to speak that out. Sometimes we need to speak it to ourselves. Sometimes yes. we speak it to others, right? Yes. But ultimately, when that word is released, when we perceive what God is saying, it brings life and it changes things. It shifts Amen. the atmosphere. It it, it destroys the enemy. Uh, you know, Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching... <laughs> your message and I love it, and, but I'm, fi I'm fired up. <laughs> I am what, too. I'm loving it. <laughs> what you shared was so good. Um, and, and something that we really need to practice in this season, guys, Roma said she's closer to God, stronger in her faith than ever before. Mm -hmm. We can do this. Let's yes. draw near to yeah. him. Let's not be dependent on pastors and leaders and fivefold ministers. Right. Let's be dependent on the Lord Jesus yes. Christ and his grace, the grace of the Holy of the Lord Jesus yes. Christ, the love of God and the Amen. fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Roma, in closing, would you please, I know you already spoke prophetically, but would you just release some more, pray, release whatever God has put on your heart. I just yes. feel we need to take another few moments to do this. Yes, I'd be honoured to. Lord Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you for this amazing body of Christ across the globe, brothers and sisters that are listening. I thank you for Glenn and his wife and the, minister, the incredible ministry that um, just releases and catapults people into their destinies, Lord. I thank you for the remnant that is rising, Father God, the fire in our belly that is being um, that is being uh, flamed even as we speak, Lord God. That's the kind of inflammation we want, Lord. 
<laughs> we want your fire burning in our bellies. And so, Lord, I just pray for every single person that's watching this. First, that the fire on the inside would just start to stir up. It would start to glow. It would start to grow, Lord, and it would just come spilling out of our mouths, that your anointing and your power would mark our lives, Lord God. And then secondly, I want to pray for those who are maybe um, they have physical sickness in their bodies right now. Lord, I know that it is your desire to heal everyone that is listening to this podcast, whether live or on video or later on. Father, I just thank you for your healing power, your healing anointing to just come right now, even with the sound of my voice, Lord. I believe with all my heart that that is what you want for your people, that you want your people healthy and whole from the inside out. So, Lord, I just pray over every sickness and disease, in particular, Father, ones that the doctors just say it's not possible. We don't know what's wrong. Well, I thank you, Lord, that you know everything. You know everything. And that even um, not only instant healings, Lord, but that you would give wisdom to the doctors that are um, over these people, that you would give wisdom to people themselves. Lord, I think about when those times I was sick, you came in my dreams and you actually gave me, you spoke to me about what um, vitamins to take and what was actually wrong, even before doctors diagnosed it. Well, I pray that those things would happen too, just as we've spoken today, that we wouldn't have to wait for another voice of authority to speak before we know the ways to go or the, the, the decisions to make, but that, Lord, we would become a people that hears the your direct voice specifically for every area of our lives. I pray that your voice would be revealed in clarity more than ever before, whether that's audibly, in dreams, through your word, Father God. I thank you that each and every person that is listening to the sound of my voice right now would just have such an impacting revelation of your voice that brings solutions to every sphere of their lives in Jesus' name. And I thank you in advance, Lord. I thank you for who you are creating, the people that you are building, your body, Lord, a body that is one. And we just commit our lives to you in this new season. And we say thank you for making us to be born for such a time as this and that we carry your purposes and plans in our hearts. And we just say, use us, Lord, heal us and use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank good. You. Wow. Well, everybody, what an honor to have Roma Waterman with us. Guys, go ahead and leave your comments. Share this broadcast. You know, subscribe, follow, check out Roma's on social media. Follow her in different ways. And uh, we really appreciate having you with us, so Roma. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for all you do, Glenn. I'm just honored to be a part of this. Well, no, I think I think the Lord's uh, doing something here and connecting us, and Absolutely. and uh, look forward to to developing that connection. So, me too. yeah, great, wonderful. We'll give our love to your husband and your your well, kids, and well. uh, yeah, thank you. We look forward to uh, to having you on again. Can't wait. Great. Awesome. Bless you. Thank Bless you. you. Well, everyone, thanks for watching the Kingdom Community broadcast or podcast. Um, guys, so awesome to have you with us. In closing, I just want to remind you just to check out our new website, 
kingdomcommunity.global. You can go there and you can connect with people literally from all over the world. Just click on memberships. Look at all the options we have there to help you to be to connect, to be equipped, and even to be able to position you and help establish you in terms of platforms and ways that your ministry can go out to so many. We have um, the Kingdom Community Television, um, really platforms. We're on Roku, Amazon Fire, Google TV, um, coming out in the next couple of weeks on Apple TV. We have an iOS app. You can download Kingdom Community. Our Android app is coming out soon. But now we have a new website that you can go to and you can watch the interview with Roma. It'll be on there. Uh, just go to kingdomcommunity.tv. So many kingdom leaders and teachers and voices advocating uh, for the manifestation and demonstration of God's kingdom on that website. Love for you guys to connect with us. You can create a profile on the kingdomcommunity.global website. Post uh, your information, who you are. This is all um, private. It's for members only. We envision that thousands of people are going to be part of this in the uh, next several months, um, year or so, as we are really looking to build this, bringing together the body of Christ to be able to function together. You know, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, guys, it talks about how we're called to be conformed to the image of Christ, the fullness of his stature. That's what it means to be equipped, but also to do what God has called us to do, to function in our purpose, our gifts, but to do it as part of a body, not just as individuals. And many people, they are a body part, but are you part of the body? A kingdom community that loves, that honors, that wants to stand with you and celebrate you and see you released into what God has called you to do. And starting uh, this weekend, we're going to be doing a kingdom community online worship service. We're going to be having that at different times. Just follow us, follow me on social media. We're going to have different people that are part of the kingdom community from all over the world sharing, sharing missionaries, sharing in other parts of the world, people preaching from all over the world, sharing testimonies. It's going to be so powerful, guys. So just kind of watch this space and and see what see what God is doing. We love you. We appreciate you. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Kingdom Community. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Community Podcast. To learn more about us, including how to connect with our Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so other listeners like you can be encouraged. We really appreciate that effort, and we hope you will join us again in the next episode of the Kingdom Community Podcast.